0: Jeremiah was called to the prophet's office when he was still young. He left his native place and went to reside in Jerusalem, where he co- joined King Josiah in the work of reformation for Israel. It was good times. It was a, a leader who was engaged in reforming the nation of Israel and turning their attention to God, but scripture tells us that Josiah died. And we enter into a dark page in Israel's history. He was succeeded by Jehoaz and then by Jehoiakim. And in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, he was commanded to write the predictions that were given to him, and he read them to the people. The role was read to the king, and in his recklessness, the king literally seized the word and cut it into pieces and cast it into the fire and ordered both Jeremiah and his secretary to be apprehended and put into jail. It's no wonder that Jeremiah wrote that he wanted to still his voice and quiet his tongue because it doesn't matter who you are when what you've preached or what you've said or what you've declared goes unheeded. Sometimes you just feel like saying, well, then I'm not going to say another word. Anyone ever been there before? Anyone ever been there when you've been trying to encourage someone to do the right thing and they just kind of insisted on doing the wrong thing? And finally, you said, I'm just going to have to leave you to your own devices. I'm going to have to let you travel this road until you realize I was right. And don't you just love being right? Yeah. Don't you just love it? So you know, I'm not talking about some tragedy or some ill thing that happened, but I'm, I'm saying something. I, we all like being right a little bit, don't we? We all like saying, I, I told you. I told you so. I, I told you if you're going to drive that motorbike without air in the tire, something's wrong going to happen. I, I told I told you to slow down for the turn, I told you the roads were bad. You know nobody got hurt, nobody got. But you're you're up on top of a snowbank right now. I mean I remember different times right out here in the church parking lot. We come out after one service and one guy was right up on the snowbank, high and dry. And then another fella came along. He was going to help him get out. I'm just getting us ready for winter. Y'all ready for winter? I thought we were going to have two centimeters of snow on the ground this morning. I. I was reading the bad news, but it turned all right. Um, uh, we, go, we come out of church, and this guy hooked hooked a chain on the bumper of the guy that was in the snowbank, and I was just kind of like, that's not good. <laughs> and he, he gave it the big, uh, and the truck stayed in the snowbank, and the bumper rattled across the parking lot. <laughs> you no, know, moments like that, you're just kind of like, man. I told you, that's not a good call, a tow company. Those guys know what they're doing. So sometimes it's, it's you like, we all like to be right a little bit, but Jeremiah knew what it was like to declare the right thing and it never be heeded. Jeremiah knew what it was like. He said, as a matter of fact, in 20 and verse 9, he said, then I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name. He said, I just kind of determined. I Everything I've preached hasn't been heeded. Uh, everything that I've said hasn't been responded to. Nobody's reacted in the right way. So I'm not going to make mention of God. I'm not going to speak anymore in his name. But Jeremiah said, but his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones and I was weary with forbearing and I could not stay. He couldn't keep silent. The word of God was deep in his spirit. So he said, I can't keep quiet on this one. I, I like to sometimes, but I can't keep quiet. I've got to declare the goodness of God. I've got to declare the greatness of God. Has anybody got a little Jeremiah in them today? That in a world that may say, we don't want to hear what the church has got to say. Sometimes you can get a little dissuaded or discouraged, but I'd just like to remind somebody when you remember the goodness of God, when you remember how good God has been in your life, when you remember that we don't look like what we've been through. We're on this side of that problem, and now we know that God has been that good God. We know that God lifted us up out of the miry clay. He turned us around. He established our going. I'm talking about that God. The one song I listened to, I, the guy gets a little bit excited. He said, I'm glad I don't look like what I've been through. Anybody echo those words in your mind? I'm glad I, I don't look like what I've been through when I remember what God has done for me. I can't keep it quiet. As a, as a matter of fact, I, it, we're about, you know, three minutes into the sermon. Can we take a praise break three minutes in? Can we just take a moment and say, God, the preacher's preaching my sermon this morning. The, the preacher's preaching my story right now. I, I'm in a better place because of what God's done. I'm in a, I'm in a better place because I heeded the word. I'm in a, in a better place because God turned my life around. I'm in a better place because of the blood of Calvary I'm in a better place because of this place I'm in a better place I know that God can do it in your life because he did it in my life he washed me in his blood he set my feet he established my going I'm thankful this morning that I know that kind of God is it okay if I just take a 10 second praise break is that all right Hallelujah. 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 So I know I I know that there are seasons where things don't go well. I know that there are seasons and we got to be reminded in those dark days of what God did in bringing us into the light. And Jeremiah was in a dark season in Israel's history. We talked a little bit about it on Wednesday night. We talked about how he was the weeping prophet. He was the weeping prophet because he watched Israel go into captivity. He was there when Nebuchadnezzar besieged the city in BC 589. But the God of a second chance left the door of deliverance open for one more year. No one was ever going to be able to say that God didn't give them a chance. Nebuchadnezzar showed up to bring Israel into captivity. And then a, a little, a little uh, bit of gossip got his way. And someone told him that, that Egypt was coming to assist Israel. And, and so Nebuchadnezzar backed out of Israel. And, and for one more year, God gave the prophet Jeremiah an opportunity to, pre- an opportunity to preach about God's deliverance opportunity. One more year, God gave Jeremiah the opportunity to preach about what God could do if the people would just listen. One more time, God gave that window, that opening, the door was just left open for another year, but, but then the, that rumor was dismissed, and, and in comes the Chaldeans, and they would come again, and, and the Bible would tell us that they would burn the city with fire. So Nebuchadnezzar in this season, he places Zedekiah on the throne of Judah, he's a puppet king. And Zedekiah rebels and Nebuchadnezzar moves in and places the city under siege. And Jeremiah watched as Jerusalem was taken into captivity. And and that siege was so horrible. It spoke about in many different books in the Old Testament now that that they were in famine and they were in captivity. And then the inevitable happens. What Jeremiah has been preaching about for years. Israel topples and the people are brought into the Babylonian captivity. It's 18 year old Jehoiakim that is now king, but he's a king that's in captivity. Jehoiakim's name means God will establish. But for 37 years, the man, the king, whose name says God will establish sits in prison in Babylon. For 37 years, the promise lies dormant. For 37 years, The prophetic voice is absent Jeremiah didn't go to where he uh, to where the king in chains was there was no Jeremiah no prophetic scrolls to cut up or heed. It was a king that was in captivity. Jehoiakim was a king in chains. It's a king without a throne. It's a king without a voice. It's a king without any power. It's a king who was displaced, but he was a king nonetheless. I began to study this out and I began to think about the word of God, how that even in that place of captivity, God still declared that Jehoiakim was king. He was king in spite of where he was because God hadn't forgotten his people. He was just disciplining them. God hadn't forgot about where they were. He was just letting them know that I'm I'm just going to allow you in this season because you haven't heeded my word about sin. You haven't turned away from your wicked way. You haven't turned around into this place that I've called you to. So I'm going to let you go into captivity so you know that I'm in control. That sounds a little odd, doesn't it? That God lets us go into captivity so we know he's in control. Because God wanted to allow them a season of captivity So that when he brought them out, there would be no doubt about who he was. Sometimes God allows us to walk into difficult and dark seasons in our life. But it's so that you will know that God's in control when he brings you out. Our God is still in control this morning. God is still on the throne. You're not invisible Him. He knows exactly where we are this morning. He knows the chair you sat in. He knew the car that you came in. He knows how you got here. He knows where you came from. He knows everything about you and God has not forgotten about where you are even though sometimes it feels like maybe He has. I can imagine that for 37 years maybe there was hope at first but 37 years is a long time to wait in captivity. It wasn't over, but for 37 years, there's the king that's in chains. It's a, a king without a throne, but he was still king nevertheless. He was young when he took the throne. He was young when he assumed the role and the responsibility, but now... 37 years later, it's probably, to him, it's just a puppet position. He, he has no authority. Who can he speak to? Who does he reign over? How does he rule in this place of captivity? How does a king in chains rule? How does he reign? It just looks like he's just another person that's been displaced, another person that was pulled out of their hometown, another person who's lost, another person who's undone. That, that, uh, can I just tell you that that's, that's where God does his best work? The Bible says that it came to pass, and I'm thankful for those five words, and it came to pass. Your captivity came to pass. Your doubt came to pass. Your, your impossible situation came to pass this morning. Wherever you are in your stage in life, God wants you to know it came to pass. The, the problem that's been facing you down, it came to pass because God's still a miracle worker today. And the Bible tells us in the midst, we already know that it was going to be 70 years of captivity. We know that we're only 37 years into 70. We know that right now isn't the right time for the the end of the captivity to end. But it's in this place and it's in this stage that God brings a word. And something transitions and changes in the place of captivity. Jeremiah 52 and verse 31 says it came to pass in the seventh and thirteenth year. 30th year of the captivity of Jehoiakin, 37 years in, of Judah, in the 12th month, and in the fifth and 20th day. Does anyone does that sound familiar to anybody? 12th month, 25, 12, 25. You say, I know that all the scholars are saying, Pastor Jack, the Israels didn't go by our calendar. I know. I know. I know, but but sometimes God has to put the cookies on the bottom shelf. (laughs) You see, numerology and the study of the scriptures and the number of verbs in the Bible are divisible by seven. The number of names in the Bible are divisible by seven. The number, we we can dive deep in numerology with, Mr. Isaac, Pan, and we can we, we can go so deep into the world. I I know that the Greek and the Hebrew hold many nuggets that are yet unearthed. I know, I know. I hit, I sit there with all of you sometimes and think, where did Pastor get that? You're like me. You're you're kind of shaking your head, no and yes at the same time. Yeah. By the time the word's laid out, you're, you got it. Somebody delivered it to the table for you. But is anybody else like me, sometimes, sometimes you need the cookie on the bottom shelf. <laughs> where are my people this morning? My people in the room? Sometimes, you know, that's what's the beautiful thing about Christmas. My, my dad's a bit of a candy fan. He's, a, he's got a sweet tooth. He, he loves the candy. And, and I love Christmas because it means that dad starts cooking fudge. And you know what? What's in the cupboard and what's in the cabinet and what's, what's not available for the kids all year long, all of a sudden, it's right there. It's right there on the coffee table. You don't even know. Should I touch it? Touch it. Grampy Woodward was awesome for that. You never went to their house without something being on the coffee table. Yeah. He Grammy's good at it too, but Grampy Woodward, you just, we, we went over there at Christmas time. You didn't have to fight to get something to eat. It was all right there. It was within reach, not in the cupboard, not locked away in the cabinet. It's right there. And that's what the kid. any of the other kids like me, sometimes you just like it when it's right there. You don't have to work for it. What's the chore? What's the, what's the catch? What, what do I? You know, I remember that as a kid right there. Dad, he got into a little candy making. He'd, he'd kind of get into making some taffy. He'd get into making, all, he, he th- you know, Mr. Ganong Lehman. <laughs> he did. Dad's the kind of guy, he goes in for his blood work and he takes fudge. <laughs> he told me, he said, I take, take the fudge to the ladies. And I said, dad, you can't do that. He said, what? I can I do. I do. I said, do they take it? He said, yeah, they take it. They like it. They look for it if I don't have it. <laughs> I'm that guy. That's dad. Dad's that kind of guy. Dad, He's that kind of guy at Christmas time, the cookies on the bottom. So I know, I know that the Jerusalem calendar isn't the Canadian calendar. But sometimes I think maybe God just kind of nodded our way. Said, here's one for Jack. (laughs) The 12th month and the 25th day. In my mind, I know, I know, not on the Jewish calendar. But in my mind, that's Christmas time. That's Christmas time. In the twelfth month, in the twenty-fifth day of the month, that evil Merodach, foolish king of Babylon, in the first year of his reign, lifted up the head of Jeho- Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and brought him forth out of prison. That's on the bottom shelf for me today. I got that one. Could it be that God is wanting someone to know That this Christmas is the Christmas of change for you. Could it be that God's wanting someone to get the message, a simple message, a cookie on the bottom shelf for you today that that in this Christmas, in the 12th month and the 25th day of the month, that evil Moroda, king of Babylon, in the first year of his reign lifted up the head of Jehoiakim and king of Judah and brought him forth out of prison. I, I think it's just a simple message this morning. God wants somebody to know that this Christmas season, it's time to come out of prison. It doesn't matter how long you've been in captivity. It doesn't matter that it isn't finished yet. It doesn't matter that your time isn't up. God just wants somebody to know this morning it's about time to come out. It's about time to come up. It's time. You had your head down long enough. It's time to lift up your head. Come on. Lift up your head to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. The God that made heaven and earth is at work on my behalf. The God who sees. The God that knows. The God that's good. The God that's faithful is working in the room today. And I just got my mind made up. I may be down right now, but I'm coming out. I'm coming out, into, I'm coming out of captivity into liberty. I'm coming out of hopelessness into hope this morning. I'm coming out of impossibility to possibility. I'm coming out of sickness into healing. I'm coming out of doubt into faith. It's time to come out. It's time. It's time, Jehoiakim. Kent. It's time. It's it's over time. It's about time. It's come on. It's in the end times right now. It's the time to come out. God has deliverance for us this morning. If God could use an evil king in the first year of his reign, evil Morodak. I did a little studying on his name. It literally means that foolish king. If God could use the foolish king to accomplish a greater purpose, what could the king of kings do in the room today? How could God, what could God do this Christmas season for you? What could God do? The Bible says, you know, there's some different Commentaries, different commentators will say different things. It was his first year of the reign, Evil Merodach. It was his, his first year that that he kind of he kind of was acting. Some said that maybe he knew Jehoiakim from from being around him in captivity. Some said that uh, Evil Merodach was was glad about the madness of Nebuchadnezzar when Nebuchadnezzar went mad. That this this man he he was kind of glad and he moved into that place of authority. Maybe it was an affront. To what Nebuchadnezzar had done. Maybe he was just getting back at him. Maybe he just just pushing back at him a little bit. I don't know. I don't know why, but here's what I do know. God just used an evil king in a place of captivity hmm. to bring up the king of Israel and bring him out of captivity. And place him in a place of promise. And place him among the kings. And and make a place for him. A place of authority. A place of position. God can bring you out today. Whatever, whatever, whatever the captivity is. The Bible says he spake kindly unto him. And set his throne above the throne of the kings that were with him in Babylon. Man, I I think someone just needs to start getting a word from God right now. And changed his prison garments. And he did continually eat bread before him all the days of his life. And for his diet, there was a continual diet given him of the king of Babylon every day. A portion until the day of his death. All the days of his life. Some of you still caught up on the fact that we're not in the Jewish calendar. Come along with me for the ride. What could God do? What could God do this morning for somebody that's in captivity? Because that God hasn't changed. And who's to say that this day isn't your day of liberty? Who's to say that this day isn't the day for turnaround for you? That's why we keep a baptismal tank Filled with water, warm, robes ready. Baptismal changing rooms right back here. We're prepared. I'll tell you why. Because who knows if today isn't your day. Who knows if today isn't the day of salvation. Who knows that today isn't the day for you to come up out of an evil pit. Come up out of the miry clay. Come up out of sin. Come up out of doubt. Come up out of fear. Today. Today is somebody's day to come out. We believe that. We believe that every day. Is an opportunity for God to turn somebody around before you. Before you ev- ev- evoke that the sentence hasn't been completed yet. Before you evoke the fact that that we still have another thirty-three years before this thing is done. No, no, no. I, I just like to remind you that God is the God of liberty, and He can step in and say, "Well, you know what? I think right now is the right time to turn it around. I think right now is the right day for you to come on up, out, come out of doubt, come out of fear, come out, come on, come out of self-loathing." Come Come out of that place where you've been caught for so long. Come out. Come out of sin into a place of hope and life. Come up out of the water into the newness of life. Come on. Somebody come out today. Come out. We can come back to the music. No wonder John the Revelator didn't say that Jesus made us princes and priests. The Bible in Revelation chapter 1 verse 5 and 6 and it said, and from Jesus Christ. Who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth? The kings of the earth. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, that's baptism, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. That Jesus made us kings. But God doesn't intend for us to be kings in chains. God intends for us to be kings who have been called up. So regardless, of you, you, before, you, before you think that this is a story about an ancient king in an ancient time, it's a story about us today. It's a story about somebody. Maybe you've been in this for a while, but you slipped. Maybe you've been in this for a long time, and you just kind of got sideways. May, maybe you've just been in it a few years, a few hours, a few days. I don't know. I don't know where everybody is. We've got a wonderful crowd in the room this morning. So I don't know. I, as a matter of fact, we're not even nosy enough to find out. I'll just tell you, we don't have nosy people on staff. We don't. We don't, what do they call it? I can't think of the word. I'm sorry. We don't creep people on Facebook. couldn't be bothered that's the past I'm looking into the future and saying you know what I think God could turn somebody's life around today. I think God could establish somebody's going this morning. I think God that someone who came in and they were blind and they didn't know where to turn, that God could turn the light on and make a way out of no way for somebody that when you leave this room, you don't have a doubt that you're on the way out of wherever you were. God is that kind of God today. God God is the god of Liberty God is the god of freedom God is the god of the great turnaround God is the god of broken chains God is the god of shackles that are left on the ground God is the god where bonds no longer hold people in bondage God is that kind of God and whatever come on I came to declare whatever the sin is today he's the god of deliverance he's the Jehoiakim over every person in the room. God will establish that uncertain place that you've been standing in, that place of brokenness, that place of impossibility. God says, I'm putting your feet on the rock and I'm establishing you. Hmm. Establish God. Going down the rabbit hole of YouTube yesterday, (laughs) Kathy, Kathy was there and she was chatting with some folks. It was like cross traffic. I was watching YouTube. Kathy was talking. I was watching. These people were building a an Adobe house out of dirt. Uh, This is a rabbit trail in the sermon. I'm sorry. Not in the notes, never played on saying sandbag. But, but I watched as they dug the perimeter of this home and in the dirt. And then they started with what looked like a 69-mile sandbag. And they started filling the sandbag. And I was finding it interesting that they dug down in the dirt to put dirt on top of dirt. That's how my brain works. And I thought, why did you dig down through the dirt? Get to the dirt to fill a bag with dirt to put it on top of the dirt so that you could build a dirt house. I dirt understand. That's a that's a Hennessy joke, I think. One for you, Ryan, or Russ, if you're here, or Mike, if you're watching. I, I don't understand unless, unless you were digging down so that you could establish. you were establishing the perimeter and then you built from there. You were establishing the work and then you went from there. This morning, God, Jehoiakim, your name is God will establish. God wants to establish somebody this morning. God wants to begin a brand new beginning, but he's digging some things away. Captivity was so you could see him clearer. Captivity was so that you would know he was a deliverer. Does that that make sense? That you can't know God as a deliverer until he delivers. That you can't know him as a a liberator until he brings you out of bondage into liberty. You can't know him in any of those positions, any of those uh, uh, occupations, any of those titles. You can't know God is that God until he does that work. In you. And that's the God that we're talking about. God will establish. So the uncertainty of everything that's around you in life right now is only so that you will be certain that when God does the work. This is not me. This is nothing that I deserve. This is nothing that you begin to look around life with a brand new perspective when God establishes your going because you realize I was in a mess. I was in captivity. I was lost. I was nowhere near home. I was the prodigal. I was the one outside. But God established my going, and, and now I have a hope. Now I have a promise. Now I I can see clearly, God, you have been good. God, 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 God will establish. The evil king brought him out of prison. God does that kind of work. Think with me. Pharaoh brought Joseph out one day. God released Israel from Pharaoh's grasp one day. That's the God we're serving. He, he's the liberator. Jehoi again said, and the king spake kindly to him and set his throne above the throne of the kings that were with him in Babylon. One day, in one moment, everything changed. Here we are this morning, and we've got a moment. December the 5th. Sunday. God wants to establish somebody's going. Could you stand together with me? The Bible continues his head and changed his prison garments, and he did continually eat bread before him all the days of his life. Garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness is what God wants to give somebody. If an evil king could give that king a garment to change into, then what could God do for us this morning? I'll tell you what? A garment of praise. With the spirit of heaviness. Anybody got it? Anybody you changed your robes a little while ago? I got it. I got I got praise that that I realize brings me out of the problem. I've got praise because it turns my circumstance around a garment, a praise for the spirit of heaviness. It's it's mine. I God can change my prison garments for garments of praise, liberty, hope. That's the God that we serve. And for his diet, there was a continual diet given him of the king of Babylon, every day a portion until the day of his death, all the days of his life. No wonder the scripture says that he'll prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. My cup runneth over. God says, let me just... Let me in the midst of the ma- in the midst of the captivity, in the presence of your enemies. God says, "I'm preparing a table. Hold on, hold on a minute. I'm preparing a table because I'm the God of Liberty." Come on, we're still an hour before lunch, but a little bit of hunger in the room. Didn't have your Tim Hortons breakfast sandwich for four bucks with a any size coffee activated coupon. Four dollars and sixty cents with tax. Five bucks with tip. Come on, God's better than Tim Hortons. He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. My cup runs over. Why? Because that's the kind of God that we serve this morning. Regardless of how impossible it is, He's the God of liberty in the midst of captivity. That's who we're serving. That's who we're declaring. That's who we know that God Do the work. It's Christmas time. It's time for a king to come out of chains. 2021 was the year of change. 2021 was the year of transformation. 2021, God turned it around. Come on, and God's still turning it. He's still turning paupers into kings. He's still calling Esther's up out into the throne room. He's still calling Joseph. It's time to get out of the pit. It's time to come out. cried to thee, O Lord, and unto the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my blood when I go down into the pit? Shall the dust praise thee? Shall it declare thy truth? Hear, O Lord, and have mercy on me. Lord, be thou my helper. Thou hast turned for me my mourning into dancing. Thou hast put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness. It's a great turnaround. God, he's calling us to sit together in heavenly places this morning. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison, to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Come on, Christmas 2021, it's time, kings, it's time, queens, it's time, people of God, to come out into promise. Your liberty declares God's glory today. I don't know where your captivity came from. If you're captive by your past, if you're captive by your own shame, if you're captive by your own doubt. You're captive by your own fear, your own hurt, your own past. I don't know. I don't know where the captivity came from. I just know that he's the God that brings people out of captivity. And maybe, 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 maybe this 12th month, 25th day will be different than any other day for you because God brought you, the king in captivity, out chains into liberty the cross is the ultimate liberator he bore your sin your shame your blame he is the one that calls us out would you lift hands sermon's finished but God's not done yet wherever you are if you're with a neighbor would you pray with them if you're with someone in your bubble we may not be able to get to them we may not be able to pray for them but but would you pray with someone that's nearby right now because God is wanting somebody to come out someone you're just on the verge of making the decision that that you want to make this turnaround in your life but you're worried about all that stuff that that you're still held in bondage to but God is saying this morning it's time to come out it's time to come out of captivity. It's, it's time. The call is here in the room. The call to come up. The call to come out is here. So somebody, wherever you are, the altar is open. We can be socially distanced this morning. But somebody, you need to come to a socially distanced altar because it's time to come out today. It's time to come in to promise. I, I'd push my way through. I'd, I'd come through the crowd. I'd move a chair and get to the empty aisle in front of me so I could come out this morning. Because the call is in the room today for someone. I feel it. I feel it pulling. It's like a magnetic force. God is drawing someone out today. intercessors would you intercede for a moment of the Bay of Fundy something is moving in the room but it's lifting you it's not here to bury you It's, it's rising in the room but it's lifting you up out it's bringing you out it's rising in the room this morning rise with it